So simply unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Join me tonight. We got Rob. Hey, everybody. It's Rob. And we got Donnie this week. Yo. Uh, so this week we're going to be talking about The Last of Us, the television series. Um, so spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. We'll, we'll try not to give away too many big things. Uh, there's only, we've only seen four episodes so far. Uh, so, but we figured we'd give it a watch because, uh, ever since, you know, the first episode, we fell in love with the show. So, um, if you don't know, The Last of Us TV show airs on, was HBO Max on Sunday nights. Uh, it is a show that's based off of a video game that I believe was a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, correct. Donnie. What's up? Sorry. I believe it was a PlayStation exclusive, the game. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it's coming to PC next, this next month, I think next month. Yeah. Um, that's just the first one for right now. It's coming to PC, right? I'm sure the second, uh, as sure far the as I know, we'll follow it eventually. But last of us PC, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just the first one so far. You yeah. can pre-purchase it on Steam. It's the part one right now. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure if that sells, they'll come out with a second and third. They probably don't want to commit yeah. until they see how it sells. But I'm sure it'll be wildfire on PC. Yeah. Um. So, I pulled up the wiki because I wasn't sure how to describe this movie other than it's Resident Evil with Moss Zombies. I, like like mushroom, <laughs> mushroom zombies. It's a zombie fungus. Yeah. Uh, so I did pull up The Last of Us, and I'll I'll read the synopsis of essentially what the game is about. Um, I don't know why everybody hates the zombies so much. They're all really fun guys. Oh my you. god! So uh, so, so that fungus is actually based on something real. There is a fungus that takes control of ants' bodies, mm-hmm. and it's very very creepy. As yeah, it's creep. Yeah, and yeah, it's the, called Ophiocordith. 
depths. Go for it, Rob. Well, no, I was just going to say the professors at the beginning during the lecture they're taught that they're talking about it. That's a real thing that yeah. they're actually talking about. Yeah. Um. Oh well, this doesn't really say much. I don't think about the game, but it says The Last of Us is an American post-apocalyptic drama television series uh, created by Craig Metzen and Neil Druckmann for HBO, based on the 2013 video game developed by Naughty Dog. Uh, The series is set in 2023, 20 years into a global pandemic caused by a mass fungal infection. Uh, which forces its hosts to transform into zombie-like creatures and collapses society. Uh, the series follows Joel, played by Pedro Pascal. Am I saying his name right? Is it Pascal? I think it's Pascal, but I don't Pascal. know. Yeah. I don't know for sure either. Um, who is I, a... You guys hate how I pronounce everything. Yeah, I'm so never going to trust Rob. I've seen him play all <laughs> of three characters, and he has nailed it every time and quickly become my favorite character on each of them. You, you like, know what, Rob? I take that back. There is one thing I will trust your pronunciation on in all things. Oh, yeah? Star Trek. Well... Yeah, I suppose. That's not where I thought that was going. Because I do not know how to pronounce Klingons. Klingons? <laughs> Klingons. Klingons. They just cling into everything. Yeah. Uh, you're doing that thing that my granny used to do, and you're intentionally mispronouncing I am. it. I am. <laughs> uh, so Joel, who plays, who's played by Pedro Pascal, which I agree with Donnie. He, I've seen him in three things now. This is the third thing I've seen him in. Actually, this is the fourth thing I've seen him in. No. I might need you to name him if you have four. Hold on. No. This is the third thing I've seen him in. What's the third thing? I only think. Well, think there's The Last of Us, which is this one. That's the third one. Yeah. He was in Game of Thrones. He was Oberon. Oh, Hotel. Game of Thrones. Right, Oberon right, was right. by okay. far my favorite character. And he was And he was not in it for very long, but he was That's a the one badass. I uh, and then he was obviously in the Mandalorian. Um, I am curious. I will pull up his IMDb. Uh, but anyway, in the in the show, Joel is a smuggler tasked with escorting uh, a teenage girl named Ellie, played by Bella Ramsey, who was also in Game of Thrones, uh, across a, a across a post apocalyptic United States. Um. Some guest stars include Nico Parker as Joel's daughter, Sarah, uh, Gabriel Luna as Joel's younger brother, Tommy, Merle Dandridge as resistance leader, Marlene, and Anna Torv as Joel's smuggler partner, Tess. Um... Yeah, so that's pretty much, I'm guessing that's pretty much the rundown of the game, too. Um, I've never played it. It just, it always looked really good. And I like some of the voice actors who, who do the voices in the game. So I wanted to support the game and then it got awesome reviews. So it just made me want to play it even more. Um, let's see. Filmography for Pedro Pascal. Nothing. Uh, the Kingsman, the golden circle. Really? Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in that. The second Wonder Woman movie? He played I don't Max- remember either played- one of them. He played Maxwell Lord. Um, and television, he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I didn't know that either. Holy shit. Uh, he was in NYPD Blue, Law and Order, Criminal Intent. These were probably smaller roles back in the day. Um, I mean, Nurse, Buffy, he had to be fairly young. Nurse Jackie, yeah, probably. I, don't, I think he was only in one episode. Um, <clears throat> Burn Notice. Is it a burn notice? Probably only like an episode, right? Yeah. The show? Uh, well, it says burn notice the fall of Sam X. Okay. Uh, he was Commandant Veracruz. Um, the Mentalist for seven episodes. Game of Thrones for seven episodes. Narcos, he was a main role for seasons one and two, and a lead role in season three. I think that might be what really made him start getting yeah. famous. And then The Mandalorian, he was the lead role for 16 episodes. Um, the Book of Boba Fett for three episodes. The Last of Us, he's the lead role. And then he was most recently on Saturday Night Live. He's been on there quite a few times, hasn't he? Nope, just once. Huh. According to this. Oh, he was actually in theater as well. Anyway, uh, back to The Last of Us. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not exactly sure if... The, I'm, I'm assuming the game is the same kind of thing. He's a smuggler. He's tasked with bringing Ellie across... Across uh, a zombie-fied United States... And, I mean, I'm assuming they grow close. I mean, obviously. Because, I mean, it starts off with, you know, he has a daughter before all this happens. Then he ends up losing his daughter. So I'm assuming he kind of looks at Ellie eventually as like a daughter. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do a very brief uh, episode breakdown. Like I said, we've only seen four episodes uh, Donnie, do you have that pulled up? Uh, I can. Okay, I can Rob, do up. you have it? I don't. Here, I'm going to send it to you on Discord real quick, and we'll each read one. Uh, They're all about the same size, it looks like. So. Yeah. It's not what she said. Uh, all right, Don, if you want to go ahead and give us a synopsis for the pilot episode, go ahead and read us the synopsis. We're reading all these on the the Last of Us Wikipedia page for anybody who wants to go and cite our sources or whatever the fuck you do. Not that I don't, okay. not that I think any of our listeners actually do that, but That's cool. We should definitely list the viewers in the millions as it goes, because that's increased every episode. Uh, yeah, I, I have, after after we read off the thing, um, if you scroll farther like, down, there's a uh, 
reception um, and ratings. Okay. So do you section. want me to say that part? You want me to? Uh, you can. Yeah, and we'll still cover it over after afterwards too. Just like oh, simply okay. unprofessional. Yeah, All listeners the millions in the millions. Yeah, millions. Listeners. And it's gone up every episode. Every million. Yeah. Hey, that's all you can ask for. It literally just... Uh, we started off with three listeners, episode one, and it just doubles every single time we release an episode. Nice. Keep those keep those metrics. Um, so the first episode, it's called When You're Lost in the Darkness, directed by Craig Mazin, written by Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. Um, aired January 15th of this year. Viewers in the millions was 0.588. Lower than I would have expected, but understandable. And I know that that's going to go a lot higher as the season continues. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, keep in mind, too, this is a show based off of video games. So there's probably a large audience who don't even know what it's about. You know what I mean? Right. Right, and it's going to be the same thing that happened with us. Where other people are going to give it good reviews, and it's going to get our attention, and people right. are going to watch it. And, right. And I don't think they'll regret it. Nope. Because honestly, this is the first show that I've been this excited to watch the next episodes of for a long yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. Like a very, very long time. But uh, anyways, so in 2003, a mass fungal infection of mutated cordyceps. There's a way longer name I tried to pronounce earlier in this episode, but yeah, Rob can do that later. Uh, sparks a global pandemic. Joel flees with his daughter Sarah and brother Tommy from their Texas home. Sarah, ooh, there's major spoiler alerts. Yeah, we've already said spoiler <laughs> alerts. It's fine. Uh, Sarah <laughs> is killed by a soldier. Uh, Twenty years later, Joel lives in a quarantine zone (QZ for short). That's what they call it in the show. Uh, in Boston, managed by the Federal Disaster Response Agency working as a smuggler with his partner, Tess. When Tommy fails to contact them from Wyoming, they pay a local dealer, Robert, for a car battery, but he scams them and sells it to the Fireflies, a rebel group opposing FEDRA, which is the agency over top, uh, attempting to retrieve it. Joel and Tess encounter Marlene, the Fireflies leader, who begs them to take a teenager named Ellie to Massachusetts State House in exchange for a working truck. Uh, while sneaking out of the QZ, the three run into a soldier on the outside. He tests them for infection and reveals Ellie is positive. Joel kills the soldier, and Ellie uh, claims to be immune. So I need to point out that you pronounced Massachusetts the same way we do up here. I don't know if you realized you said it that way. I don't uh, even remember how I said it. You said Massachusetts. I've always said I've always thought that was how you say it. Massachusetts. <laughs> Is it Ma- not Massachusetts? It's yeah. It's Massachusetts. Okay, uh, for the viewers that don't know, I'm from Kentucky, and we mispronounce things a lot. <laughs> yeah, like Oregon, like Oregon. Blame uh, Kentucky for that, not uh, Rob. Blame Kentucky, not Rob. But I'm not from Kentucky. They don't know. <laughs> they know now. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, so yeah, that was episode one. Uh, Rob, do you want to read episode two, the breakdown, the synopsis for it, and the title and everything? I would prefer to read episode three. Sure. Okay, I'll read episode two. That's uh, fair. Episode two was called Infected. It was written by Neil Druckmann. Uh, no, hold on. Directed by Neil Druckmann. Uh, written by Craig Mason. Um, 
and it went up in viewership in the millions. It, it received 0.633 million viewers that week. Um, two days before the worldwide outbreak in Jakarta, Indonesia, a mycologist learns of the infection and she advises the government to bomb the city to prevent it from spreading. In the present, Ellie explains to Joel and Tess that she's being transported west in hopes of being used to find a cure. Uh, discovering that the path to the state house is swarmed with infected, they cut through a history muse museum where they are attacked by blind infected known as clickers, and Ellie is bitten. They arrive at the state house but find the fireflies dead. Tess reveals that she was also bitten, while Ellie's bite begins to heal, proving her immunity. Joel shoots an infected, which alerts the swarm to their location. Tess convinces him to escape and take Ellie to their allies in Lincoln, Massachusetts, while she stays behind, blowing up the building and killing herself along with the horde. <clears throat> um, sad note for the people who play the game as well. Uh, I read earlier, uh, about a week ago maybe, that the woman who voices Tess in the game also recently passed away. Yeah. Um, for those of you who watched the Vampire Diaries, it's the same woman who played uh, Stefan and Damien's mother. Really? Yeah. Damn. Um, oh, wait, that's the actress, right? Yes, that's the actress. Okay, I thought you were saying it was the voice actress. I was like, oh, shit, okay. Well, yeah. That it, the actress who played their mother in the Vampire Diaries was the voice actress for Tess in the game. Oh, okay. So okay, I thought you were saying I she's the one who that... passed away. Gotcha. So yes, not the actress that plays yeah no. her in the current show. No, Correct. she's still alive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was week two. Um. So they're already into some shit. Week two was really when we just like when we started seeing the infected. Like, we got to encounter them a lot more. Um, and then episode three, Rob, you wanted to read? Yep, mostly because of the director. So episode three, long, long time. Uh, directed by Peter Hoare. <laughs> uh, written by Craig Mazin. No. Aired January 29th. I gotta ask before you consider. Do you do you know that director, or did you just want to say whore? I just wanted to say whore. You're such a child. <laughs> All right, continue. <laughs> it's like, oh, what did your ancestors used to do? Well, my last name is whore. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you made me snort. I don't snort. That's also a lie. He snorts all the time and usually shoots pasta out his nose. That's not all the time. It's where it's usually very rare. And I don't know what you mean about the pasta. That's weird. How could a pasta shoot out of somebody's nose? <laughs> uh, January 29th, 2023. And it was 0.747 million viewers. Uh, Joel and Ellie begin to hike to meet with Bill and Frank. Ellie sees evidence of the government's execution of innocence during the early days of the pandemic. Back in 2007, Frank leaves Baltimore and stumbles upon the compound of Bill, a paranoid survivalist who reluctantly takes him in. The men begin a romance, sharing a love of music and food. Years later, Frank contacts Tess by radio, and the two groups enter into a tenuous friendship. 
In present, Frank is terminally ill and asks Bill to assist his suicide uh, after they marry. Bill, not wanting to live without Frank, kills himself as well. When Joel and Ellie arrive, they discover the letter Bill left for Joel. Bill wrote that protecting Frank gave his life meaning that he has left Joel his supplies. Unbeknown to Joel, Ellie takes Frank's pistol and they take Bill's truck and set out to find Tommy. Yeah. Now, I, I don't remember exactly... I wish I saved some of these articles that I read. I know that I read something about this particular episode, even though it got good reviews uh, and the ratings were higher than any of the previous episodes so far, because they've only continued to climb. Um, I guess a lot of people didn't like this episode or some people didn't like this episode. So they went on to like IMDB and just started giving it really bad reviews to try to drop. I can its guess ratings. which people didn't like it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but even though they ended up having a bunch of like one star reviews and stuff like that, uh, that didn't stop the steamroller from chugging along because even episode four, you know, jumped up even more. So, you know, we started episode one, you have 0.588 million viewers. And then you have 0.633 million viewers on episode two, 0.747 million. And then by episode four, it jumps up to 0.991 million. Um, so there, it, it's jumping and it's increasing significantly. Um, do you want to read the last one, Tony? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Good. Uh, this is episode four. Uh, it's called Please Hold to My Hand. Uh, it is directed by Jeremy Webb, written by Craig Mazin. Is it Mazin? Uh, yeah, Mazin, Mazin, I don't know. Um, came out February 5th. Uh, <clears throat> like Webby said, it was 0.991 million viewers. Um, I'm assuming that that number is the day it aired? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, traveling through Missouri on their way to Wyoming, Joel and Ellie take a necessary detour through the ruins of Kansas City, where they are ambushed by bandits. That's a pretty funny scene. Uh, Joel kills two of them, but a third overpowers him and nearly strangles him to death before Ellie saves him by shooting the man with Frank's pistol. More bandits led by Kathleen find the bodies. Kathleen, believing Joel and, Joel and Ellie are in contact with a man she seeks named Henry, orders a manhunt. Joel and Ellie bond, and he lets her, lets her keep the pistol. Kathleen's second-in-command, Perry, shows her a room with something growing underground, but Kathleen orders him to conceal it until they find Henry. Until, until they can scout a way out of the city, they sleep in a high-rise apartment for the night. They awake to find Henry and his brother Sam holding them at gunpoint. Quite the cliffhanger. I don't think they mention it, but Henry and Sam are young. I don't, I don't know if they said that in that, but that's it. Okay. Um. Let's see. And there are five more episodes in this season. Four of which have been named. Two of which are... No. Oh, wow. There, but in the next five episodes, there are one, two, three, four different directors. 
I don't know how usual that is. I guess that's keeping in tow with how they've been doing the last few episodes. You see that? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the first four all had different... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're keeping in track with what they've been doing. It's the writer writer part that that I want to see stay the same person because a lot of shows have issues when they switch writers that the show just falls apart. Or in some cases, the writers actually have to start coming up with their own content and run the entire show that's been going on for a season. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I really hope they take their time with this and don't rush through. You know what I mean? Yep. I I hope they touch on all the key points because, you know, especially a show that seems to have this much success, you know. It's refreshing. Yeah, it's refreshing, but it's like, don't rush it. You know, everybody's always like, oh, yeah, let's just let's pump out episode after episode after episode. And then, yeah, you run into that situation where it's like, okay, there's only three fucking games of this or two games of this so far. Uh, So now they're having to make up content and then you're going to end up losing viewership potentially. And then they're worrying about how to do, you know, how to make money. And then if they start losing money, they're like, well, you know, let's just cancel a show now. You know, whereas if they take their time. They're going to keep earning that money because it is a, it's a successful show, and you're going to get a quality show out of it. You're going to be able to tell a great story if you just slow your roll. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, let's see. So here's where I'm. Here's where I don't know how the viewer, how the ratings things work, I guess. So episode one, it said that in the millions, it was 0.588 million, right? But now down in the ratings, it says the premiere episode had 4.7 million viewers in the United States on its first night of availability, including linear viewers and streams on HBO Max, making it the second largest debut for HBO since 2010 behind House of the Dragon. That figure increased to over 10 million viewers after two days, 18 million after a week, and 22 million within 12 days. In Latin America, the series premiere was the biggest HBO Max debut ever. The second episode had 5.7 million viewers on its first night and an increase of 22% from the previous week, the largest second week audience growth for an original HBO drama series in the network's history. By January 31st, the first two episodes averaged 21.3 million viewers. The third episode had 6.4 million viewers on its first night, a 12% increase, and the fourth had 7.5 million viewers, a further 17% increase, and a 60% increase from the first episode. In the United Kingdom, the video games increased their sales following the premiere, The Last of Us remastering by The Last of Us remastered by 337% over the previous week and The Last of Us Part 1 by 305%, with both re-entering the charts as a result. The following week, Part 1 saw another 32% increase at the retail and remastered 27%. So, like, I don't know what the .588 represents. That's what I was going to say, because you literally just contradicted that with what that said. Yeah. <clears throat> U.S. viewers in the millions. And then... 
it's citing all of it, but that's all it does is cite. There's no explanation. Right. Yeah, that well, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because they clearly said four million in the U.S. alone. Right. For the launch day of the show. Right. Yeah, four point seven million viewers Not on, its, on its first night. So how is U.S. viewers in the millions point five? I don't know. That's, okay, that's so we should just ignore that number then. I guess because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that number is representing, because I don't. I think it has something to do with the rating system, because their rating system goes from on a scale from like eighteen to forty nine, which I think the point. Uh. Uh. Let me see. Twenty blah blah blah. No, because even that's the average. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand some of these these reference like these links or whatever. Rob, do you know what do you know what they're referring to at all? No, I've clicked on the little like. And it brought With me to a little like some, number button. Some dude from Showbuzz Daily. Yeah. Sunday top 150 k originals. Like, I don't know what it's showing, really. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what the U.S. viewers... It's just it's millions, and then it gives us some number, but they they have the overall things down in the ratings area, which I just read off, and they're much higher than what we were saying originally. <laughs> so, I mean, this show is doing phenomenal. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that Neil Druckmann stays on with the show. Um, Apparently, Neil Druckmann was a writer for uh, the game. So, you know, he has the first-hand experience. If, he, if he's writing the game, then he kind of knows where the game's going to go anyway, you know. Um, I'm just wondering if they do end up getting to the point where they are in the games if they're going to stop the show or if they're going to stop the games because one of them's going to spoil the other. You know what I mean? If they stay true to content anyway. I imagine they would let the game lead. Yeah. Oh, at least I hope. And yeah. I, I feel like that's how it should go because then they can use the game as the basis but still have their own take on it. Right. Which I didn't play much of the game, so I don't know how much liber- how many liberties they're taking. But yeah, there's been several every episode, several moments where I've been like, that looks like it's a cut from the game. Okay, like they they're recreating scenes like verbatim from oh, the game, and right. I love that. Right. Now I closed the whole thing. Uh, so what it is is that's the shares of total viewers that they got out of like the American public, basically, of everyone watching like all the different shows. So, like, the 0.58 is half of the American viewing public that watches shows on, like, (sighs) 
basically it's how much of the total audience they drew to watch the show that is possible like of, of people that watch netflix or whatever it's on uh, of the hbo max so of their mm-hmm. viewers it's a yeah. percentage so at first uh, over half started off watching it and now it's gotten to where most people that have it are watching it is that what that means yeah damn like significantly most like not just like marginally <laughs> yeah Well, hey, you know, and like I said, I'm really looking forward to playing the game. And um, like, so, okay, let me ask you, Donnie, and, and, you know, you you as well, Rob. Because um, I'm not sure that we've actually ever run into a situation like this, really. Um, this is one of the first video game adaptations into a TV or, or you know, into on-screen media that has done so successfully, um, in my opinion. Now, when it comes down to something like specifically a video game that gets turned into a show, do you prefer to play the game first or watch the show, or does that not matter to you? Like, if you had the choice. I think I would usually prefer to play the game first. Because the game, you can usually get more and longer entertainment out of, and I don't like to be spoiled for for like surprises and stuff. So I feel like I could get more enjoyment out of the game because it would be longer, if you know what I mean. Like I could get yeah. more out of the game than I could out of a show. I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on that. I think usually I I would say I will go with whichever one comes out first. That's that's kind of how I would want to experience it. So if it's based on the game, I would want to play the game first. If it's based on a book, I would want to read the book before I play the game. Oh yeah, obviously. You know what I mean, like I would yeah, want, to, I, I would want that. to get my hands on the original. Content Whatever, first. yeah. Was original. Now, what if it was a show first and then they turned it into a game? I'd definitely watch the show first, one hundred percent. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think it's whatever it was first. I'd prefer to because I'd want to prime myself for the new content with the old content. That's kind of the, the that's the kind of consumer. I was gonna say viewer, but I'm okay. a consumer of this stuff. So <laughs> I mean, that's fair because somebody had recently asked me if I thought. It might have even been B. If I thought, because I've I've started watching this and I haven't played the game yet, and and they asked, well, aren't isn't isn't it going to ruin the game for me? You know, especially since in the game, you know, or in the show, they're probably dropping a lot of little Easter eggs for people who are mm. big fans of the game. Yep. And as somebody who never played the game, I I wouldn't know what those Easter eggs even were unless I read something about them. Um, but in my opinion, I'm going into this with kind of this, the almost the exact opposite mentality as you guys, not that I would prefer to play the game, you know, to watch the show before I play the game. Cause I mean, I, I would have preferred to play the game first. I'm sure I, yeah, I feel same, the same. But it's not available for anything that I own. Right. So that is why I did not play the game first. Right. But I <laughs> feel like I'm going to have just as much enjoyment going having seen the show and then going back and playing the game and seeing the similarities and then seeing the easter eggs that you know are in the game be like oh that that was in the show that was a call you know they they mentioned that in the show you know i i feel like plus now i'll i'll be able to like imagine the the main characters from the show uh while playing the game even I think that would be a fun way to do it. Watch the show. You're probably missing Easter eggs, but you're getting the show new, fresh. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Play the game. 
and then go back and watch the show again for the Easter eggs. That's, See, I think that's what I'm going to do. I will say, when it comes down to books, I did not, like, Game of Thrones is the only example I can give. I did not start reading the Game of Thrones books until after I started watching the show. And I love the fact that I watched the show first. Only for the for the for the sole purpose of now every time I was reading the book, whenever they mentioned a character, I had a, I had a visual and I could imagine what their voice sounded like. Well, I mean, I already do that with books, so that doesn't matter to me. Right, but <laughs> you, when you're reading a book for the first time, you're making up what you think they look like or yeah. what they sound Does that like. Matter? Well, that's the thing is to me, like, like I, I enjoy, I, you know me, I, I enjoy movies. I'm a huge movie person. So if I'm watching a show, yeah. when I switch over to something as much longer lasting as like a book, then I like being, I like having a visual, like, oh, I know who that, I know what they look like. I know, you know, I know what they sound like. So then I can pretty much, as I'm reading it, I just play it in my mind like it's a movie, you know? Which I know, like yeah. like you said, I know you can do anyway, but this this takes away from like this. Well, this Game just... of Thrones is an interesting example for you to say that on because most well, of the characters look drastically different in the books than they do in the show. Yeah, from what they like, describe, not, not as... just not just oh, it looks a little different because you had to find an actor. No, like Daenerys, for example, is supposed to have purple eyes. Yeah, which isn't a huge deal. Nobody, like, I don't think anybody really cares that Amelia's eyes were what are they blue? Blue. Which is fine. Which is odd, though, because they could have just given her contacts. Yep. Uh, unless yeah, I mean, unless, it wasn't necessary, uh, though. Unless the actress like was like dead set on not having contacts. Like, I, if I was if I was you know asked to be in a show or something, and they wanted me to wear colored contacts, I don't think I could. I have a phobia about anything going in my eyeballs. I have I have trouble with contacts too. I mean, <sighs> as a as someone who read the books first, the purple eye thing does have significance in the story as far as like a, it's a dead giveaway that you're a Targaryen. Right. But I don't think it was necessary for that to drive home that she was Targaryen because dragons. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. But I don't know. So I, I like in my opinion, I don't think it's going to ruin the game for me having seen the show first. Uh, if anything, I, I, I think it's it's going to make me pay more attention in the game than I think I might normally. Um, I might actually sit there and read all the dialogue and do a little bit of exploration, like what Rob normally does. Whereas normally I just sit there and try to just blow through a game and enjoy the content for what it was. <clears throat> so Yeah, but then you have the Aerith problem. Yeah, no, fuck Aerith. Okay. Well, that's what I mean. Like you now know that Tess dies, so like, why would you give her anything in game? Or you're going to be like, ah, she dies. So I'm not going to give her anything. I mean, that's true. I don't know how much of a looter game, as far as like upgrading gear and stuff goes. I think you yeah. just get your your necessities. You have to loot them, but once you have them, you have them. Yeah. I, it's been a long time since I played this game when it first came out on PlayStation. So what was that? Thirteen, ten years ago. Yeah. So, but I mean, Rob does bring like I, I will say for those of you who don't know, and I mean, there was this was on a previous SU episode. Uh, me and my buddy Ross played through Final Fantasy VII. We did a we did several live episodes uh, where you know we would record, we were playing, and we would pause the game at certain intervals, and 
you know, record a snippet and mash them all together. We tried to beat Final Fantasy VII in 24 hours. Uh, I still fucking think it's possible. We goofed off a little bit and we hunted down for some side things that we really didn't need to. But, like, I wanted Yuffie in the group. You don't have to get her in the party. I wanted Vincent in the group. You don't technically have to get Vincent in the group. Okay. Uh, it probably would have went faster if I equipped Aerith with some shit. But no. I've played through Final Fantasy VII before. Spoiler alert. And I really don't care if this spoilers anything for anybody. Because Final Fantasy VII is such an old ass fucking game. Aerith dies. Okay. And the first time I played through Final Fantasy VII. That was heartbreaking. I loved Aerith. She was like the best healer in the entire fucking party. Okay, the worst part about it, everything you had equipped to her, you lost. Okay, so I, as the healer, made sure she was equipped with all great stuff. And then she died, and then I lost it all. So now, anytime I play through Final Fantasy VII, I don't give her shit. I let her die empty. Like she left me. Empty. <laughs> Jeez. I've heard you all bring this up multiple times, so it must have really messed you up when it happened I, the first time. I was pissed. I also, told Libby, him I did too, it. because I, he's got Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm like, Webby, that game ends oh. way before she dies. I don't care. And I don't think, I think things are going to be different because like the way the storyline goes, it seems to be hinting that things are not going to be the same as the, the first, as the original game. But I'm like, so, you know, it ends way before she died. So this whole game, the remake, she's alive. And he's like, no, I'm still not giving her anything. I'm like, you're going to have shit. to. No, <laughs> I'll give her the bare minimum of what I need for her to accomplish whatever part she's in. That's it. She's in the whole game. Lady. She's not in your party the entire time. Most of it she is. Can't you choose your party? No. Oh, see, in Final Fantasy VII, you can choose your party. Yeah, no. In this one, they make you take whoever. Like, it, it chooses for you. Like, well, you can't switch people in and out. Is it still a party of three? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just have two overpowered people, and I'll just drag her ass through the game. Not always. Sometimes it's just her and Tifa. Sometimes it's just her and you. Well... I think one time it's her and Barrett. Hopefully there's no times where it's just her, because that's where I might hit a wall. Because I still I mean, not give there anything. It is a part, but it's early on when it's just there's just her. But yeah. that's that's pretty early. Uh but oh my god. Okay, I, mean, I did a little research. Uh I shared you a link on Discord. On Discord? Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you say it out loud. It's not relevant to Last of Us. It's relevant to Final Fantasy VII, though. It's an hour and 44 minutes. you want us to watch this? No, I just wanted him to see that specific number you just said. <laughs> That's how fast somebody speed ran that game. Oh. Wait, somebody just ran through Final Fantasy VII. They did a PC any percentage run. In an hour, 44 minutes, and 5 seconds. No, okay. First off, I am going to end up watching this. (laughs) Second off. Most of them were around 7 hours, though. That's the one that was like the outlier. It doesn't matter. Second, I'm not talking about having a PC version, okay? 
anytime you anytime you port something to PC, first off, there are certain aspects of that. Like I'm sure that you could fucking fly through the dialogue faster than the old school style. I'm talking your old school. Press the button, the lid of your PlayStation pops up. You know your gray hunk of junk fucking PlayStation One. You put your disc one in because Final Fantasy Seven was fucking three discs. Okay. Yeah, shit. And every time you you, you and when you reached the end of a disc, it would pop up on the screen. Put in disc two. So then you have to get up, fucking open up the top, fucking put in disc two. That shit all takes time. Okay. And I'm talking because I heard from a uh, long time ago. Yeah, no, this is this is not the whole game. This is getting out of Midgar. That's and all. Why do they say any percentage in? Then they they're misleading with that. The other ones are like seven hours. That seems more reasonable, but it's still not a whole day. That's kind of shitty. Well, I will tell you this. Clickbait. I will tell you this. Getting out of Midgar is essentially disc one, and it is the longest part of the game, essentially. So that's still pretty impressive, I guess. Oh no! Somehow he skips directly to the end. I don't see. He's at an hour and 30 minutes, so he's got 15 minutes. He just left Midgar. But yet somehow I clicked in the very end and he's fighting Sephiroth. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's probably one of those things like in Dark Souls where you just find a glitch that shoots you across the map or some shit like that. Yeah, but I don't understand how he has a full party then because he only had fucking... Maybe he doesn't. I'm going to have to watch it. Um, I will say, by the time I made it out of Midgulch with Ross... I was baffled at how long it took us. I was like, there's no way in hell. Uh, Oh, you and Ross went to Midgulch? Or not Midgulch, Midgar. Oh. Damn it. Um, But, yeah. Um, Any percent. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't trust some of these. I'm going to watch. Usually any percent means that you can use whatever is at your fingertips to skip content outside yeah. of cheating like yeah. you know editing but a see, file or whatever. This this whole thing spurned from when Final Fantasy 7 first came out on PlayStation 1 way back in the fucking day. I had heard rumors and you know, mind you, this was like not everybody even had the internet. Like, you know, some people didn't have the internet, but The people who did, it was dial-up. It was slow as hell. Okay, AOL chat rooms, you name it. Uh, We had heard a rumor that it is impossible to beat Final Fantasy VII in 24 hours on the PlayStation. So that's why I wanted to try to prove it wrong. And like I said, we fucked off for a little bit. And we paused the game to record the SU segments that we recorded. And... So we ended up beating the game, I think it was like 25 and a half hours. So I really do think it's doable if you just like are fucking focused on your goal, you know, but I don't know. It's uh Right, that's just where you got to make up your mind what you want to accomplish. So your goal would be right. like, I want to finish in this time, but I want to do these things. Like these check mark things is what I want to make sure I finish right. in this time. So yeah. it wouldn't be a, any percentage speed run because that would be you literally are just booking it as fast as you can possibly get to the end. 
Yeah. Like you're not you're not worried about anything unnecessary to get where you're going. But I uh, see this is where I also I like like you said like I don't I don't necessarily care for like PC ports of old PlayStation games only because I'm sure there are things where it's like you can skip through dialogue three times faster, you know, or whatever cuz the dialogue is literally the the most dragging part of the Final Fantasy games is because you have to sit there and just mash the button and even then it does not go by super fast. You know, yeah. it, it's just they did not have the speed capabilities to make it just fly through the dialogue. <clears throat> so, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, we're at about 50 minutes. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we hop off? If you haven't watched this show, watch it. Support this show. This is everything that's good. Yeah. Yep. Just uh, apparently in uh, 2013, uh, Naughty Dog was going to make a movie of The Last of Us, but uh, they spent so much time on Uncharted instead that the movie rights uh, reverted in 2019. uh, And the guy that made it decided that he thought it felt it would be better. Like the guy that wrote the game decided it would be better as, as a a TV series instead of a movie. And the other guy, the one that's that helped him write this at the time was asked to make a game by PlayStation, uh, a project for TV. And he was very upset that the last of us was going to be a movie because he also felt that it would be better as a TV show. And then they They actually met. Well, no, the the two of them met at a party thrown by Shannon Woodward and talked to each other. And then they got the idea to make the TV show between the two of them. And that's why they're the ones writing it. Um, I'm glad it worked out how it did, because you can see that yeah. they love the project. Like yeah. You can yeah. see it in the show. Yeah. Like the guy that wrote the video game and the other guy, the one that the other one, he played it 12 times, it says. Huh? <laughs> He wrote the game, but he played it that many times. No, the other no, guy. The other guy. The other the, guy. The Mazin guy. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, Craig Mazin played it twelve times, and the other guy, uh, Neil Druckmann, is the one that wrote the video game. Um, that's that's awesome. It's always nice to see people that love their their work. So I will say, uh, I, I I would have to give this a shout out. Otherwise, you know. Some of the very few listeners that we may or may not have up in Canada might get upset that we didn't even mention this. Um, Filming of the Last of Us TV show. uh, So far, mainly the two spots that they've been filming in have been uh, High River and Fort McLeod in downtown Edmonton and in Canmore and Calgary. Up in Canada's. That's weird. Does the game ever go into Canada? I don't think it does, does it? I don't think so. They film where they get the good shots, I guess. Yeah. So. They probably have to rebuild. They're probably having to rebuild and recreate cities that are run down too. So it's probably easier to start with a forest than just put put your broken down buildings in there. Yeah. That makes sense. So and I know John's up up there near Edmonton. So he, if I didn't say this, he'd be like, "Hey, last of us was they were up and filming in Edmonton. You should have said that. I live near there. I got you, John. I didn't kill your damn sheep. <clears throat> what? 
Nah, it's a thing for our our Minecraft series that has released. We second episode released today. Norbert sheep went missing, and they blamed me for killing it, and I didn't kill it. So that's all. Minecraft, go look it up on Distractions Media uh, on YouTube. It's the Blockheads series. There's two episodes out. I'm part of it. It's me, John, and B. Essentially, you start in a endless sky on a it, like nine blocks with you can only mine the one block in the middle. Uh, and it keeps every time you mine it, it refreshes and turns into something new. And you have to kind of expand your own little island outward to start building a farm and things like that. And every so often when you mine, it might pop in like a random animal might pop on and like pop on your island. So then you have to quickly build a pen for it and it gets hectic. Before it walks off. Yeah, (laughs) it gets hectic. But we had we had some chickens and we had a sheep, which we were waiting to get some metal so we could make shears to make beds. And uh, the sheep went missing, and they thought I killed it. But Why would I, they think you would do such a thing? I, I don't know. They were looking for somebody to blame. You ever done it in the past? No. Not to their mm. animals. I've killed John. <laughs> I've killed John several times. But anyway, all right. Well, with that being said, uh, I think we'll end the episode here. We're just shy of an hour. Uh, Rob, do you have a science corner? Uh, sort of. Scientists have now determined how fingerprints form and why they're different in everybody. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Uh, basically, there's three points in each fingertip that start to create waves or, or uh, whirls. And as they crash together, basically like like earthquake, like, tectonic plates basically as they smash together they they turn and form and they become your fingerprint yeah everybody has lava powers yep okay so based on like how much they push on each other or when each one started and and when they stopped forming that's why each fingerprint is unique because they like twist and turn and it based too on how big your finger is how much room they have to expand and stuff like that so hmm Alrighty. Uh, Donnie. Yeah. Do you have life advice with Donnie to make up for Devin not being here? Yes. Okay. What's up? Uh, don't pee into the wind. Hey, that is good life advice. Yep. Do you guys ever see that? There's a, a gif or like a, a tick. I don't know what it is. I think it was a reel when I saw it on Instagram of the guy who walks into the bathroom and he, you know, unzips his pants and he goes to start peeing and the guy washing his hand looks at him like he's crazy because as soon as he starts to pee, it's an automatic hair dryer that blows upwards and it just sprays <laughs> him all in the face. <laughs> so yeah, don't pee into the nice. Uh, uh, all right. Well with that, everybody, uh, where can people find you, Donnie? They can find me beating Final Fantasy in two hours. And if you don't believe me, you can check on... What is it? Your Twitch, Webby? What? What is it? I don't even know what I've jacked from you. You always jack my Twitter. You can find it on Twitter. I'll, I'll put proof on my Twitter. It's at Jack's Forest Walker, all one word. Okay. And if you don't if you don't see it, feel free to message me at Jack's Forest Walker all your complaints that you haven't seen me do it yet. Okay. 
Uh, Rob, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. Uh, do you want to promote? I know you finished your, uh, was it uh, just the two of us? or what was it, takes the, two. It, it takes two. It takes stream. two stream. You just completed that the other day, this past week. Yep. Uh, you, you have an upcoming Monday uh, stream idea. Yeah, uh, we're going to be playing Stardew Valley instead now. Okay. Uh, so go check go check that out. They usually start around 3 p.m. Eastern-ish. Yep. On Mondays, and then on Wednesdays, we do Overwatch usually, also at 3 p.m. Yep. Uh, and as always, you guys can follow me on Twitter at JaxForestWalker. Uh, one word. On Twitch at DMWebby. And on eBay at having to get a new Twitter handle because of Donnie. You're welcome. Uh, thank you. You should let, you should let your fans come up with your next one. Sure. You know, if I start getting a bunch of uh, t- Twitter messages with suggestions, I'll, I'll take them into consideration. You know what? I'll be gracious. I'll be gracious. You guys can message me on my Twitter what you want Webby's new Twitter to be. Uh, okay. What's oh at Jack's Forest Walker? All one word. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh. All right, and as always, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, We love you, and fuck Booster Gold. Booster Gold. Rob, I almost hosted this episode. No. Yeah, I heard. You did not almost host this I was real close to hosting it. Webby really liked my idea. No, I did not. I heard he did not. He's he's fit. I am not. He's he's playing hard to get. Donnie was very quick to almost never be on SU ever again. He tried to force me to host it. And I said, if I host it, you're not, not going to like the subject. You sure did. You tried to I guilt. Not, guilt is I, the same. No, I was not guilting anybody. <laughs>